Who's got their Bible with them? Let's stand all over the building. Hold your Bible up. This is my Bible. It contains the Word of God. And this word increases my faith. This word keeps me spiritually alive. This word keeps me mentally awake. This word keeps me morally aware. And because of this word, my life will never be the same. Come on and let's give God some praise for this word. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Just give me a little bit. How many of you read Luke from last week? How many of you went home and just did a little bit of study on Luke? Just a little bit down. How many of you thought about destiny at all last week? I don't want you to miss what God is saying in this season. And I want you to realize that there are many things that will cause you to be distracted and keep you from following what God is saying. We mentioned that, that we are now able to post our messages online, podcasts, and I pray that you don't take that opportunity lightly, because I'm finding that it's not what's on the radio station that's keeping me alive. It's the Word of God. I'm finding that you can listen to a million songs and your life will never change. But one word, just one word from the Lord can make all the difference in the world. Last week we talked about leaving this world for a season so that we would be able to hear from God and move to a place where we understand our destiny. We talked about our child being named Destiny. Are y'all, y'all remember that? Was y'all here last week with me? Talk back to me so I can, I know you're here, you remember. We said our child was named Destiny. We said that Destiny is already ours. We said that Destiny would be revealed 
You said that destiny would be announced. You said that destiny would be confirmed. And the Lord allowed us to all be anointed so that destiny could witness to destiny. This week we continue with that message. This week we continue with that thought of destiny. Destiny is not a place. We, we never really arrive at destiny. What happens is we fulfill destiny. And there are many moments in our lives when we will fulfill portions of destiny as it relates to our lives. Are you with me? So don't look at destiny as a place. Don't look at destiny as a final state. Destiny is going to be fulfilled throughout your life. There are some things that are going to happen in your life that are part of your destiny. Are you with me? When we look at Luke, and I'm not going to read through it as we did last week. If you missed the reading of Luke, read it when you get home. Get last week's message, and you'll be able to catch up. But we want you to realize that in Luke, we're talking about the birth of two significant people. John and Jesus. We're talking about the events that surround their birth. We're talking about how the announcement of the arrival of John as well as Jesus was expressed by the angel Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. We talked about how unbelief will cause you to be silenced and will silence destiny. Not that it won't happen, but that destiny in and of itself will then become a mystery to you. See, God does not do things mysteriously. He reveals everything that's going to occur. Now, we miss it because we are on a different channel. But God tells us what's happening. Mother talked about Dr. Cofield. He was busy this week. making an announcement. And we've got to know 
when something is stirring in the atmosphere. What's that song say? The presence of the Lord is here. Isn't that what it says? The presence of the Lord is here. I feel him in the atmosphere. The presence of the Lord is here. But destiny cannot come through just anybody. I don't want to clarify that because it makes it seem as though we are all not able to partake of destiny because of uh, who we think we are. Destiny requires that we be a prepared vessel. Romans 12, 1 and 2 tells us what? Be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. He starts it off by, I beseech ye therefore, brethren. There's something I want you to know that you are going to have to present your body a living sacrifice. See, God does not want anything that is dead. He requires a living sacrifice. Living sacrifice. Holy. Acceptable. That you may do what? Prove it. You got to prove some things. When God is going to do something, he wants something that can prove. See, Sister Naya is a, a, a wonderful testament to the message. See, she was pregnant, and now she has proven that she was a vessel that was prepared to deliver a healthy child. Proven. The body must be proven. And the gift is always acceptable. The gift is always perfect. The gift is always according to the will of God. That she may prove. See, you, 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 you got to know that the vessel, if it's unprepared, cannot prove childbirth. If the vessel is unprepared, it cannot prove the delivery of destiny. You got to make sure that you feed destiny as you carry it. Amen. So we can tell that Anaya ate well as she carried Miss Yvonne because she's healthy 
and chunky. We can tell that she ate well. She is full term. She is fully formed. She is fully functional. We heard her crying, which makes us know that she knows when she wants something. She can communicate. So we understand that, that this proving has occurred. You got to know that what you feed destiny determines its health and its ability to thrive because we all know that Jesus said man shall not live by bread alone. Babies need bread and milk. Destiny needs a little bit more. Destiny requires the word of God. Destiny requires time with God. Now, 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 I, you know, the, the, as part of the process of giving birth, there's what they call labor pains. I, I heard about them. I don't know anything about them. <laughs> I read about it, I don't, I don't, I, there's some things I don't know about in childbearing because I, for obvious reasons, I, I wouldn't know about that. I, I, can, I can see it happen, I can watch it, but I, but I don't, I can never have the testimony of childbearing. But I can have, can have the testimony of bearing destiny. I can, I can tell you about the labor pains of birthing destiny. I can, I can tell you that when the weight of when the weight of destiny is full, you walk funny. When the weight of destiny is upon your life, you can't operate like you used to. You don't, you don't feel like yourself. When destiny is starting to become full, full term, there's a change that occurs in your body. There is something that begins to bear witness that there's destiny on your life. When you're pregnant, people know. They can pretty much tell that you're pregnant. When destiny is on you, folk can tell that destiny's on you. The devil knows when destiny's on you. The devil knows when destiny's on the inside and destiny's been growing and destiny's being fed the word of God. The devil knows when you are about to deliver destiny because he starts messing with you. Now, the funny thing about labor pains and destiny is sometimes we confuse labor pains with punishment and suffering. Sometimes we look at labor pains in the birthing process and we feel punished. Now, I know what it says in Genesis. 
Genesis, God told us, is in childbearing, you're going to experience this discomfort. Yes, is that what it says in Genesis? This is because of sin, you're going to now, it's not going to be as smooth as it was supposed to be because it was supposed to be all wonderful, but because of sin, it has caused a discomfort. Now, destiny cannot just flow. There has to be some discomfort in the birthing of destiny. The weight of burden, the weight or the burden of God's favor in relation to destiny sometimes is viewed as conflict, as trouble, as opposition, and strife. John, with destiny, was born and was in the wilderness. Isn't that what it said in Luke 3? It said that. He, he, wasn't in, he wasn't among, if you read chapter 3, Luke 1 through 3, it tells you that all of the magistrates, all of the famous people, all of the people that were in high places, John was in the wilderness. It said the word of God came to John in the wilderness. So you got to know that in your labor pains, sometimes the word of God is not going to find you in convenient places. It's going to find you in tough spots. Jesus was in the wilderness after he was confirmed. Baptized, wonderful experience. And all of a sudden he swept away into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Trying to interfere with destiny right away. But he went to the wilderness, he dealt with Satan, he went to the cross, he went to hell, and then he went to heaven, sitting at the right hand of the Father. But the labor pains during that process were not comfortable. Joseph had a dream. He went from the dream to the pit. He went from the pit to slavery. He went from slavery to Potiphar. He went from Potiphar to scandal. He went from scandal to prison. And then he went from prison back to the palace where he fulfilled destiny. It was not convenient. It was not easy. It was not smooth. And let me tell you something. It was not weeping may endure for a night. It was a few years. There was some laboring and some development throughout that entire process. I hope I'm helping somebody. Abraham had to leave his family and his country. Sarah and Elizabeth were barren. Sarah and Elizabeth were barren. But they birthed destiny. <laughs> I, I want to examine that for a second because we said last week that whether you were barren or virgin, it really didn't matter to God. Whether you were barren or a virgin, it did not matter to God. I want you to understand something that the barren places in our lives look like there's no life happening there because the barren places 
are the places that we have not allowed God to touch. Are you hearing me? If there's something that's barren in your life, it's because we have not allowed God to touch that spot. Because where God touches, there's life that's reduced. And please, I'm not talking about children. I'm just talking about, I'm, I'm talking about destiny. So if it's barren, you got to allow God to touch it. If it's virgin, God has not touched it yet. There's some spaces in our lives that are virgin. God has not touched them yet. Some of us, it is our heart. Some of it is our mind. I do not want you to look at these words in the words, in, in the way that Webster would define them. I want you to be spiritual. So remember, if it's barren, you got to allow God to touch it. If it is virgin, God has not touched it yet. But even in, the God, even in this, God set the time. Even for our salvation, there's a set time. Christ said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Remember, it's not happening to you. It's happening for you. So don't look at your situation as though, why is this happening to me? It's all happening for me. And I love the language in Isaiah 54 and 55. You can read that when you get home. But labor pains are associated with destiny because Christ said in 1 Peter 5 and 10, but the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. After that, <laughs> after, th there's going to be some things that you're going to have to experience first, but after that, there's a song that said there will be glory after this, but the scripture says after that ye have suffered a while. Now I want us to look at suffering differently. Because sometimes we look at suffering in a way of you know, people are attacking us and I'm suffering because I'm oppressed and I'm suffering because of all of these things. But suffering... Suffering in the scriptural, spiritual message is bringing our own selves under subjection. See, it's not talking about what the world is trying to do to you. It's what do you have to do to keep yourself unspotted from the world. That's the suffering that the Bible is talking about. It's talking about keeping yourself pure. It's talking about keeping your mind refreshed and firm on the word of God. Since after that you have suffered a while, he will make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. See, destiny has a specified time of arrival. 
Now realize destiny must be birthed. It has to happen. That baby's coming. One way or the other. Because if the baby doesn't come, it's either going to kill the baby or it's going to kill you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The baby got to come. Now, you can hold on to it for as long as you want to. Oh, I like the feeling of being pregnant. Okay, keep it up. The baby's coming. Or you cause the baby what they call stress. And when the baby becomes stressed, the doctors have to make a decision. When destiny becomes stressed, because you refuse to allow it to be born, your life begins to get turned upside down. Because God is going to get the glory. It's not an option. How do I know it's not an option? Because Jesus said in the garden, if it be possible, I, I, don't, I don't want to birth this baby. The cross, God, you forgot that I could see just like you can, God. And I don't want to go, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But then he came to himself and said, this baby got to be born, nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will be done. Destiny, destiny must be birthed, and it must be birthed by you. As much pain as Naya might have been in, could nobody in here help her? She had to birth her own baby. In spite of all that Joseph went through, Joseph had to birth that baby. Jesus had to birth that baby. John had to birth that baby. Sarah and Elizabeth had to birth that baby. Mary had to birth that baby. Christ must be birthed in you. John 1.12 says, but as many as received him to them, he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. There must be a change and an exchange in spirit, in soul, and in body. All must increase to the level of destiny that has been deposited in you. And all of it is in you already. Because it says in Luke 7:20, the kingdom of God cometh not by observation with observation, neither shall they say lo here or lo there, for behold the kingdom of God is within you. Destiny is deposited through grace and there is a moment in everyone's life where dissatisfaction with our present circumstance 
allows a penetrating ray of God to break through our earthly consciousness. Not because of who we are, but because of who he is. Not because of, but in spite of ourselves. And therein doth grace much more abound where sin did once abound. Romans 8, 16 tells us, and I'm going to read through this, it says, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon, that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. After all of the labor pains and the baby is resting upon your breast, you forget about all of the pain. And you begin to tell God, thank you for what he has just done. It's not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. In the middle of destiny, there are some trials and tribulations that you're going to have to go through. And it's going to look like it's for nothing. But in the middle of nothing, God subjected it in hope. He places hope in the middle of that mess. That when you get out, you'll give God all of the glory. While you're still in it, you'll give God the glory. Before you get through, you'll give God the glory. For because this, the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, what doth he yet hope for? Why doth he yet hope? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth, helpeth which our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know, here we go again, that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow, he also did did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren 
Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. Whom he called, he justified. Whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we say to these things if God be for us? Who can be against us? God is omnipresent, and sin causes us to entertain this feeling of being separated by God or separated from him. It's an entertained feeling. It's a lie. The light of grace causes our enlightenment. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, the light unto my path, according to Psalm 119.105. That light becomes and allows us to become light. That light allows us to become salt. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. But it tells us, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. When you become light, you give light to everything else. When you become salt, you season everything else. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. What does the song say? How to reach the masses, men of every birth for an answer. Jesus gave the key. He said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men unto me. For the world is hungry for the living bread. Lift my Savior up for men to see. Trust him and do not doubt the words that he said. I'll draw all men unto me. You've got to allow the light of God to operate in you. And you wonder why you're in situations that are absolutely horrid sometimes and that make absolutely no sense. Well, light has to go where darkness exists. The purpose of light is to expel the darkness. The darkness will never understand it, but the purpose of light is to expel it. One thing I don't want you to do is to compare destiny. Now I'm sure that somebody else in that hospital had a baby the same time yeah. that I did. I'm sure if we go all the way around the world, there were a number of children that were born at that exact time, that exact moment, that exact space. Now imagine, if you would with me for one mad moment, Mary and Elizabeth, arguing over whose baby was the best. Just imagine with me, well, my baby was born of the Holy Ghost. Well, so was mine. Well, my baby's six months older than your baby. So my baby's best. Can you, can you just, can you imagine that kind of conversation happening where destiny is being compared, where what, 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 well, John 
John was born first. He's the oldest, so he should be the Christ. Jesus shouldn't be. You, you got the. And, and, and your baby was born in a manger. Your baby's broke. Can you, I mean, can you just entertain that with me for a second? There are times when we compare destiny in each other. God places something in you and you automatically begin to compare what God deposited in you with what God deposited in somebody else. Why do we do that? Why are we comparing destiny? Because what's in you is the destiny that you have to birth. What's in me is the destiny that I have to birth. Elizabeth was purposed to birth John. That's it. Mary was purposed to birth Jesus. That's it. There's no sense in us comparing what they're going to do. John 17, 3 says, and this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou hast given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Don't, don't compare, don't compare destiny, because destiny, destiny has a specific purpose. Each destiny has a specific job to accomplish, and you must complete yours. I'm looking at destiny throughout this room. And every, every, every destiny that's in this room must be completed by you. How do I know that? The Bible tells us in Acts 13.36, it says that David fulfilled his purpose for his generation. <laughs> I'm telling you, God is speaking real, real, real. David fulfilled his purpose for his generation. For it says, Acts 13.36, for David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell on sleep and was laid unto his fathers and saw corruption. But he, whom God raised again, saw no corruption. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached, is preached unto you the forgiveness of sin and by him all that believe are justified from all things from which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. You got to understand and you got to be clear 
that what God has you here to do is for this generation. Esther. What is it? What does it say? Uh, for such a time as this. She was born to fulfill destiny in that season. And only Esther could fulfill that. The whole purpose of our existence is to be the fitting vessel through which the glory of God may appear. Our individuality, hear me, our individuality is an expression that glorifies ourselves. I just got to be me. And then what we always hear, I just got to be. Well, I just, I just, I, I am who I am. And what we say? That's, that's, that's just who I am. See, our individuality expresses ourselves, but our universality expresses God. Because God will get the glory out of all of us. So God is not looking for the individual. He's looking for the universal. He's not looking for a person without spot or wrinkle. He's looking for a church without a spot or wrinkle. And the body of Christ is the church. So he's not looking for the members. He's looking for the body. So we got to make sure that in our expression that we operate as a body and not as an individual. I'm, I'm done for this week. <laughs> you, do you hear what I'm telling you? Destiny has some, some, some special attributes that only you can fulfill. Destiny has got some stuff that destiny is going to have to go through that can't nobody save destiny from. Going through it, you just going to have to go through it. But I want you to know something. I want you to be encouraged from this day forward, in spite of everything that is going on in your life, you must be built for the storm. See, God is not going to allow you to go through something that he has not given you strength to survive. He will not put any more on you than you can bear. 
And it says, and if he does, he'll give you a way of escape. But we got to know beyond the shadow of a doubt that destiny still must be fulfilled. We got to know that we don't need to compare destiny because the destiny in me is just as great as the destiny in you. We got to be okay with what's in us. We got to know that there's a specific purpose for our destiny. We got to know that we are the prepared vessel for the destiny that God has deposited in us. Because it said that to every man he gave a measure of faith. So he knew how much faith your destiny was going to require. No more, no less. He knew just how much to give you so that your destiny would be fulfilled. Let us also realize that the labor pains of our destiny are not really labor, labor pains. It's, 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 I, I love it. it. I love it. it I, I reckon, <laughs> I reckon, in conclusion, I don't think that the sufferings of this present time are worthy to be compared. I, you, you know, there's, there, the, the, when the after that shows up, baby, I'm going to be bad. When after that shows up, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be all right. But I want you to know that today, as we continue to walk through the message of destiny, and I hope you're hearing me, because destiny doesn't make excuses. Destiny doesn't make excuses. Because it's destiny. I have no explanation other than this is what God put in me. But I'm not going to make excuses. I don't have to justify destiny because God justifies destiny. He does the work that's in me. It's not me. It's him. It's him. Because if it was me, I would have saved myself. But we can't save ourselves. Therefore, we have to rely on Jesus the Christ to save us. It is a gift of God. And it is through faith that we are saved. By grace. Tap yourself and say, destiny, destiny. is alive and well, alive and well. In, me. in me. Destiny, destiny. is alive and, well. alive and well, in me. If you receive it, say amen. If you receive it, say amen. If you receive it, say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.